God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you for where you brought me from, Lord, and where you're taking me to, Lord. Hallelujah. You are worthy, worthy of all praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. started getting my attention as a teenager walking down Tybee Beach yeah. scoping out the girls huh in my brand new canary yellow bird wells with an orange strike down the side I thought I was something and a voice right behind me I thought it was another person following me what you doing in your underwear come on been heckled. I've had people throw things at me, like, you know, but something about those words, they went deep in my heart. Raised on the beach, wasn't ashamed to be in swim shorts and all that kind of stuff, but it went in my heart. It was the beginning of the Lord talking to me. Amen. And I want to tell you something. I had to get off that beach, go back to my house, put me on some clothes. Huh? God will say things to you sometimes that will embarrass you. I remember looking around. Who said that? And there wasn't anyone 150 yards from me. It was the Lord. I didn't know that voice. Later on, when I got saved, and the Lord began to talk to me, I thought, I've heard that voice before. That was the Lord dealing with my heart, having mercy on a beach bum. And I appreciate the Lord saving my soul. Nothing like I was raised. Oh, no. nothing like what I was raised. God has done a work. He has done a work. We're going to ask Brother Dodd to come and uh, obey the Lord. I know that he will. And we just want you to. Uh, help us here this morning. Hey. Thank you. Well, greetings to you. Good to see a lot of familiar and friendly faces as well as some new ones. Looking forward to this this new year, I know uh, 2022, I guess the last couple of years have just been, it seems, challenge after challenge for a lot of us. And uh, just looking forward to, to God to begin to, to move upon his people again and looking for people to, to begin to seek the Lord again. It seems in these last uh, COVID years that we've been walking through it seems just people have have begun to get hard in their hearts they've begin to begin to turn away from from church and, and the things of god and uh i hope i hope and pray that that can that can change that people would begin to learn to look to the lord again 
we realize that uh, you know we didn't come from some fish out of the sea but uh, we were designed and created by uh, a God in the heavens amen let's turn to the book of Ephesians this morning Ephesians chapter 6 Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Yeah, he was all over me this morning. Yes, sir. Ephesians 6 and 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take, upon, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand it in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of plate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for the saints. Yes. Pastor, would you pray for the message, please? Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for your armor that can only come from you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will bless and anoint uh, Brother Jonah to bring forth the word that will encourage us, will strengthen us, help us, Lord, to take on your armor and help us to be more than conquerors, but help us to be overcomers and victors in this day and hour, we pray. In your blessed, holy, and righteous, and wonderful name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I'd like to preach to you for a little while on the thought of two eyes, a mind, and the choice. Two eyes, a mind, and the choice. We see here in uh, the book of Ephesians, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and he's coming to the conclusion there in chapter 6. And in verse 10, he says, finally, brethren, he says, be strong in the Lord. But it's not strength in your own ability. It's not strength in what we can do. But he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And from that point, he kind of gives a, a, a little thought and mindset of, of what strength in the Lord and power of his might would be. He says to put on the whole armor of God. Amen. He says that you put on the armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Right. He said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He says that, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our, our fight in this world is not against mankind. Our fight is not against our neighbor. Our fight is not against our brothers or our sister. 
But he says that we wrestle against flesh and or not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and we wrestle against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. He says you wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. He says, therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. And he said, having done all to stand, he says, stand therefore. He said, when you've conquered everything, when you found yourself in a place that you have over overcome all, over all obstacles and all difficulties, he says, stand. And when you stand, he said, have your loins girt about with truth and having upon the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and take the shield of faith he said we are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked he said take upon the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God he says apply yourself put on this armor don't just let this armor set upon the closet or don't let this armor set it upon your bed side but he said adorn yourself with the armor of God that you may be able to fight the good fight of faith that you might find yourself in the place of uh, fighting for God's army and God's purposes and God's kingdom and he says there in verse 18 he said in praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching there in tomb with perseverance and supplication for all saints that's the way in which we fight. That's when which we find victory in our difficulties. That's how we find ourselves more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. And we find ourselves in a place of prayer and crying out to God and having all of His protection upon our heart, upon our mind, and upon our body. Then can we stand in the midst of difficulty and find victory for our heart. I believe this morning that if God would open your eyes, that you could leave here changed. We see a lot of great inventions that scientists have made in the last several hundreds of years. With all those inventions, two stand out to me as some of the best yet. The first invention, or the eye, would be the telescope. With this invention, we're able to see millions of miles into the farthest galaxies. With the telescope, mankind has been able to sweep into the heavens and reveal an almost limitless universe that even we have been uh, unable to discover yet. But yet we've discovered marvels of order and design governed by unknown laws. We see where we have uncovered countless amounts of stars and solar systems and suns and all different types of things that float in the sky above us. We see where comets have found themselves circling with an unerring precision and they appear exactly on time every time even though some of these comets have been traveling for a hundred or more years. We see the sun is a perfect sphere and the radius of the sun is 432,000 miles. We see the diameter of the sun is 864,000 miles. 
miles. We see the circumference of the sun is 2.7 and a whole lot of other number miles. It is a large star. It is a huge creation that God has given to the people of the earth. NASA says that you can take a hundred and nine earths and line them up across the face of the sun. This is how great and glorious this thing that keeps us warm in the wintertime is. And although it may be the biggest thing in our neighborhood, we see that compared to other stars, this sun is just on average. There's other suns that are 700 times bigger than the sun in which we look at. It's 14,000 times brighter than the sun we look at. They said if the sun was hollow, it would take one million earths to fill it up. Think about that. How great our God is. This heat that it creates, it produces the winds in which we feel. It produces the thunderstorms that many are afraid of. Through the actions of the sun rays as they beam down upon the earth, we see the waters of the oceans ascend into vapors into the sky and they're traveled through the air. They descend down upon rain showers and thus they irrigate the land and supply the most necessary elements for human survival and that is our water. Time does not permit us to go into all the glories of the heavens. It doesn't permit us to go into all the, the, the wonders of that God has created. But we also realize that if just one minute piece was off balance, it would throw this whole system into chaos. God has done this. Psalms 50 and 6 says, And the heavens shall declare His righteousness. Psalms 89 and 5 says, And the heavens shall praise Thy wonders, O Lord. Psalms 97 and 6 says, The heavens declare His righteousness. Psalms 19 and 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. It is without question that God has made the heavens and the earth. It is without question that God has come and he's made these wonders upon all the earth. The second eye that we see is called the microscope. If the telescope can reveal the wonders of the heaven and the wonders of space, the microscope reveals to us equally another marvelous world. It's a world that the naked eye cannot see nor can human explore. With this invention, we see scientists are able to explore marvelous worlds of a drop of water. Imagine with me, just if I had a little water here and just put a drop right on the top of this bottle of olive oil. Within that drop of water, there's life beaming. Within that drop of water, there are things taking place that the human, the naked eye, cannot see. They say that it is alive with all different types of strange and little creatures. Some are so small that as much as 10 million of these little creatures can live in the drop of a drop of seawater. And all of these creatures, they have a mouth. They have teeth. They have stomachs and muscles. They have nerves and glands and eyes. They have everything that all the much larger animals have that we see 
all around us. They say that the thickness of the membrane that lines the stomach are estimated to be one fifty millionth part of an inch. God created these things. And whether we look into the heavens, into galaxies unknown, or whether we magnify the world around us and see things lurking amongst us, we find the creator, a creation that is full of design, it is full of order, it is full of accuracy, it is full of symmetry, it is beautiful in all of its ways. Everywhere we look, we look at the heavens and we see God. We look at the earth and we see God. We look in the water drops and we see God. We look in the seas and we see God. God. We look at the snowflakes where every one of them is like a fingerprint. They're all different. And we see all the glories and the wonders of God. Everything is made by Him. Everything consists because of Him. And I tell you what, there are skillful hands that created all the universe. It don't matter what your school system tells you. It don't matter what the scientists tell you. It don't matter what the government tells you. God is the creator of everything. He always has been and always will be. He is the greatest architect man has ever witnessed. He's the greatest artist man has ever experienced. How many sunsets do you go by or sunrises that you go by and you look and you say, oh, isn't that beautiful? But yet they're never the same. Always different. A different twist. A different color. A different shade. And artists have taken their paint and their pen and their paper and tried to duplicate that which God has done. But the only thing they can do is look upon something and have an ideal and put it to paper. But God has these things inside of his mind without any help of creation, without any help of the sun coming up or going down, without any help of all the things that mankind uses. We see there is only one creator and he takes a handful full of nothing and he makes everything that is around us he takes nothing and he makes for bring forth something and gives forth life and everything in which he does Deuteronomy 29 and 29 says the secret things belong unto the Lord our God Job 20 and 26 says all darkness shall be hid in his secret places. Hebrews 4 and 13 says, Neither is there any creature that is not made manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He said, There's not a creature that is not made manifest in his sight. We can't look into the heavens above without something to look through. We can't look look down deep into the drop of water without a microscope, but I tell you, there's a God in heaven that he sees all things. He knows all things. He looks into the heavens. The earth is his footstool. And he knows everything about your heart and about your mind. He knows what you're going through. He knows your troubles. He knows how to help you. And he says, put on my armor. Put on my help. And I shall make you strong through my mind. It has often been said, why is God concerned about such a small speck in the universe 
as earth. When we go to universe to universe and to galaxy to galaxy and the black holes and the stars and all the things as we as a people search for some other alien life form and all we find is glory after glory and wonder after wonder and we wonder what is man that God is mindful of him. We look back and we stand in awe of all the things that God has done in the heavens. And yet this is not God's greatest feat. Nope. We take a microscope and we deep dive deep into that drop of water. And imagine if this little sanctuary here was a drop of water and we see all the things floating around and swimming around and to a world that we've never known before and we're amazed on how God can do things that the naked eye can't even see mesmerized by all of his wonders and yet this is not God's greatest feat we look at the animals and the birds and the trees and all of creation and the wonders of the sky and the rainbows and the snow and the massive thunderstorms and all those great things. Even, even the design of the woodpecker on how that woodpecker just constantly pecks on that tree. If it was designed any other way, that beak would be right through his brain. And he'd do about one, two, and that'd be it. But the way that beak is designed is it wraps around the back of its skull and it's a part of its skull. And that woodpecker can just continue to peck and to peck and to peck without any brain damage. Why? Because God designed it that way. And yet, these are not his greatest accomplishments. This vast universe and earth is but a grain of sand in comparison to it. And we ask ourselves the question, why does he care about us? Why, Lord? You got a, a, a people that's rejecting you, a people that's walking away from you, a people that says we don't want to live that way, a people that says we want to do our own thing in our own way with our own lifestyle. Why, God, you got all the heavens, you got all the stars, you got the angels at your beck and call, you got all the glories of things that we don't even know and can't even see. Lord, why do you care about me? Genesis 1 and 26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness. Amen. There it is in the beginning. Creation had been done. The heavens had been established. Earth had been established. Things were taking place. Things were starting to grow. And the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost stood there and no doubt said, this is good. This is wonderful. And then all of a sudden, the statement comes and says, let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness. You see man created in the image and likeness of God. That is God's greatest matter. Masterpiece. That is his greatest feat. 
men and women walking in this life, walking in this world, and God walking in them. That's why God loves you. That's why God has concern for this world. That's why God is high, is constantly upon this earth because you, my friend, are God's greatest masterpiece. Everything else was a gift to us. Everything. Think about that. All the heavens is a gift to you. All the glory of the earth is a gift to you. All the animals and the trees and the snow and the rain and the sunshine is a gift to you. Because God made you. I don't care if you're a man or if you're a woman. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care how high you are in the level of life. God made us all in His image. And God desires that we look to Him. God desires that we love Him. God desires that we embrace the things of God. The word masterpiece simply means this. A capital performance. Anything done or made with superior or extraordinary skill. We see that in our world. An artist in their early days, you know, they're just kind of slapping some paint on some paper and hopefully they get popular and they keep on going. And with every artist, they have this, this one print. Yeah. The one print that everybody wants. You know, it's, it's called their, their masterpiece. Yeah. All these other things are good. All these other things are wonderful. But I'll tell you what, this one right here, everybody's wanting it. It's limited edition. There's only so many available. And this is his masterpiece. And that's exactly all this is good. All the creation is wonderful. Everything God has done and will do is all good. But beloved, you need to get inside your mind that you are a masterpiece from God of heaven. And he cares for you. And he loves you. Though the world will try to cast you about. God said he is mine. God says she is mine. God says I love them and I want to help them and I want to be their strength in the midst of their difficulty. According to mental health stats, 40% of U.S. adults reported struggling with mental health or substance use. One in six United States youth aged 16 or 6 to 6, 17, 6 to 17, experience a mental health disorder each year. Half of all lifetime mental illnesses begin at age 14. 75% begin at age 24. Depression alone cost the nation about $210 billion annually. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 34 in the U.S. and the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. Many people suffer from more than one mental disorder at a given time. In particular, depressive illness 
trying to co-occur with substance abuse and anxiety disorders. More than 70% of youth in the juvenile justice system have a diagnosed mental illness. The most common mental illness in the U.S. are anxiety disorders, which affect about 40 million adults, or 18.1% of the population. Our mind, the thing that God has given us uh, to, to make us walk and to make us think and to make us choose Him and choose good things is being attacked on every level. The thing that God has given us to give us the ability to walk and to, and to see and to smell and to love and to embrace and to have friends and to have family. The thing that God gives us the ability to read His Word and to sing the songs of Zion. The thing that God has put inside of our mind that helps us make rational decisions. Decisions that are made toward Him and toward the things of God. The thing that God has given inside of our head that allows us to say yay to Lord and no to sin. The thing that God has given us that allows us to be more than conquerors. To understand that the God of this world is trying to weed inside of our heart and inside of our mind the thing that God has given you is being attacked on every side being attacked in every area being attacked and he wants to pull you down with your mind he wants to battle your mind he wants to get inside your head and say you ain't a creation of God you're just something that's crawled out of the sea Battle inwardly. Yes, yes. And we fight inwardly. Imaginations, thoughts. We battle day by day. Thinking people say such and such. And people don't like me. People don't love me battle in our mind they're talking about me yes. battle in our mind yes. nobody loves the truth anymore yes. battle in our mind I'll just stay at home and sit here and just me and Jesus got it all, all worked out me and Jesus got our own thing going battle inside of our mind and it hinders us from being all that we want to, God wants us to be it hinders us from being more than conquerors through Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior it hinders us from being victorious over sin being victorious over the things of this world and battle inside of your mind. It'll grip you. It'll pull you down. It'll tell you you're nothing but nothing. Listen to Matthew 6 25 Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount Coming to somewhat of a conclusion in the middle there toward the end. He says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat 
what you drink, nor yet what your body shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment or clothing? He said, Behold, the fowls, the birds of the air, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? He said, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit or one inch or one measurement to his stature or his height? And why take ye thought for raiment or clothing? He said, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin their own yarn. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these lilies of the field. He said, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not more clothe you? O ye of little faith. He said, therefore, He's making a statement here. He says, God is going to take care of you. He's concerned about your food. He's concerned about your water. He's concerned about your clothing. He's concerned about your welfare. He's concerned about you being taken care of in every aspect of life. He said, take no thought. He said, don't worry about it. Don't become anxious over it. He said, therefore, take no thought. Saying, what are we going to eat? Or, what are we going to drink or what are we going to be clothed with? He said, for after these things, the Gentiles seek. The unbelievers worry about those things. The unbelievers are concerned about the things of life. But he said, your heavenly Father, he knows what you got need of. But look, he clothed the heavens with the stars. He clothed the earth with the grass of the field. He gave all things unto you. He gave all things unto you that you might be held. Everything is a gift from God and God loves you and God's helping you and God's going to take care of you. There's one stipulation. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things all these things shall be added unto you. He says, seek my face. He said, when you get up early in the morning, open up the Word of God. Before you lay your head and die, open up the Word of God. When you're going through life in general, pray without ceasing. He said, when you rise up morning, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Gird yourself with truth. Get your sword of the Spirit. Put on your helmet of salvation. And say, God, I'm going to fight with you because you're going to fight for me. I'm seeking your kingdom. I'm loving you with all my heart and all my mind and all of my soul. Therefore, I'll take no thought for tomorrow. I'm not concerned about the things of this life because God is a supplier. Jesus knew. He knew that mankind 
to be concerned about tomorrow. He knew some would fear and fret for food, water, and clothing. He knew that these things would begin a battle in our mind and it would cause a, a seed of unbelief that God wouldn't take care of us. It would cause a seed of doubt. And therefore he tells us, take no thought. Take no thought. Because I will supply your needs. He knew that if our minds were occupied by things below, then it would be hard to keep our minds occupied on things above. Satan has played us well. Not only does the church of God fear tomorrow, not only does the church of God fear for what may take place, but our minds have become a battleground. And it seems we're giving up ground that is rightfully ours. It seems the enemy is in our head and in our mind and he's leading us to a path of destruction because that path says don't trust God. That path says those are the old ways. That path says science has explained it more perfectly. That path says listen to your rulers and listen to your teachers and listen to all the men of authority because they know better. But I tell you what, when those men of authority and those rulers and those teachers and those scientists begin to go contrary to God's word as for me and my house we're going to serve God as for me and my house we're going to look to the Lord as for me and my house I'm going to embrace the things of God yes. Yes. Ephesians 6 and 12 says for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Principalities. Powers. Powers. Rulers of darkness. And spiritual wickedness. Principalities are chief rulers. Of the kingdom of darkness. This is what we wrestle against. Chief rulers. Of the kingdom of darkness. We wrestle against powers. Those are authorities under the principalities and chief rulers. We wrestle against rulers, authority of this present world. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness, false teachers who endeavor to corrupt Christianity. This is where our battle is. Principalities, chief rulers, uh, Satan himself, and all of his spirits and all of his devils. This is who we battle against. Powers, those, those spirits underneath the prince of darkness himself. We battle against rulers, all those men in this present world that choose to undo the things in which we embrace. We fight against spiritual wickedness. Men and women profess, professing to know the name of Jesus 
but yet corrupt and having endeavored to corrupt all the word of God. This is what we battle against. We battle against spiritual wickedness in high places. But I tell you what, God has given you the ability to overcome all these things. God has given you the ability to say, I am going to serve him because I'm his masterpiece and he loves me and he cares for me and he's promised to keep me all the way unto the end. First Peter 5, 7 and 9 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour, who resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You know what he said there? Ain't nothing new, beloved. Ain't nothing new, brethren. Ain't nothing new, sisters. We're battling the same old fight of faith. And the only difference is that scene the wickedness is greater. It seems the rulers are turned against us. It seems the church are compromising and backsliding on the things of God. But even yet in all those things, we are still fighting the principalities. We are still fighting powers. We are still fighting rulers. We are still fighting spiritual wickedness. And I tell you what Peter said. He said, beloved, even in the midst of those things, he said, cast your care upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Cast your care upon the one that made you from the dust of the ground. Cast your care upon the one that breathed and a breath of life into your heart. Why? Because he cares for you. You are the masterpiece of God. Satan is warring in your mind to destroy the work of God. Yes. And be careful here. I think I need to say it either way. In this day in which we live, with all these statistics of mental challenges, it seems the answer just pop a pill. You need to understand. It's kind of like, kind of like a Kleenex. I may have a cold because I've got a cold. Everybody knows. My eyes are watering. I'm sneezing. I'm coughing. I can go through a box of case of Kleenexes and keep the snot coming out of my nose. I ain't gonna fix my cold though. No. I can pop some Tylenol if I have a headache. It ain't gonna fix the bug though. No. no. All those sayings just kind of fix the symptoms right. of what's going on That's inside. Exactly. It relieves our pain. We take Tylenol and Advil and all those others to relieve the pain of the headache. It's still there. Somehow that medication has got inside our head and it's closed off all those nerve endings and we don't feel the pain anymore even though it's still there. And you see, when we're going through these challenges and Satan has come inside of our mind and he's pulling us left and he's pulling us right and he's trying to bring us to a place of destruction and he's trying to create anxiety 
and depression and fear inside of our mind. The men and women of this world say, take two of these and call me in the morning. And we take two of those and it puts us in a virtual reality. And we think everything's fine because the pain seems to be gone. We're feeling better now. Feeling a little good now. But yet when that medication wears off, we find that the same old pressures of this life and the pressures of this world come back to haunt us and come back to grab a hold of us and come back to bring us into a place of despair, into a place of depression. I tell you what, there is one here this morning that says, I am the helper that you need. I'm the one, the creator of your heart and your mind and your soul. And I am God. And you are my masterpiece. And I can have help. Psalms 40 and 17. As I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth. Because we trusteth in him. Yes. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yes. Ephesians 4 and 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Yes. John the Baptist Find himself in a jail cell. He'd been baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost in the remission of sins. Been doing the work of God. Laid his life down all those years. Preaching the truth of God's Word. Got him cast into prison. I can just imagine him. Day one. Day two. Week one, week three, the pressure comes on him. Did I do the right thing? Yeah. Man, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Right. Come on, come on. Is that, is that really, is that, is that a little Lord? Did I baptize the right guy or, or do I look for another? Lord, what's going on, Lord? What about my mama? Yeah. Who's going to help my mama? All these things, mental overstrain. He finally gets his two disciples into a window. He says, hey, God, come here, come here, come Go to this man, Jesus. I've got to know. Is this him? Or do I look for another? I've got to know. I feel like my life is coming to an end. And I don't know for sure. Go and you got to find out yeah. this answer for me. Okay, John, we'll do it, we'll do it. Yeah. And here yeah. they go yeah. and they go. They say, Jesus, Jesus. He said, John's got a question for you. What is it? He says, Are you him? 
or do we look for another? And Jesus rises and he stands and begins to preach. He says, go tell John. The blind have their eyes open. He said, go tell John. The crippled and lame walk. He said, go tell John. The poor got the gospel preached to him. He said, go tell John. The dead are raised to life again. He said, go tell John. All those that are pressed. All those that are bound inside of their mind. All of those that are pressed by the enemy. I've come to set them free. I've come to give them life. Go tell John. Yes, I'm him. Yes, I'm the son of God. Yes, I'm the creator of heaven and the earth. Tell John. John to fear not. Tell John not to be worried. Tell John to take no thought for tomorrow because tomorrow's going to take thought of itself. John. What do you say? What do you say? He said, John, it's him. The Messiah. It's him, John. Don't worry about it. Man, all these things are taking place. All these miracles are happening. John, it is him. He is here. And I can just imagine all the doubt falls away. All the mental anguish falls away. When Jesus Christ had been revealed, I can only imagine in my mind the Holy Ghost came down in that jail cell and got a hold of John. And said, Yay, Lord, it is finished. My work is done. He turns around. And in my commentary, the gate swings open. The sword is cast. And his head begins to roll. Yes, John. This is him. Jeremiah found himself in the same state in Lamentations 3 concerned about the day concerned about his challenges concerned about the promises of God he has a lot of accusations toward the Lord acting as if the God had forsaken him and left him and in verse 21, he says, This I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope. He recalled the Word of God. Amen. He recalled, First Peter says, Guard up your loins of your mind. He recalled, Paul wrote, Casting down imaginations in every high thing. Every thought bring into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. He recalled in Romans, transformed by the renewing of your mind. He recalled Philippians 4 and 8. He said, beloved, he said, think on these things. Think on those things that are true. Those things that are honest. Those things that are just. Those things that are pure. Those things that are lovely. Those things that are of a good report. He said, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, he said, think on these things. Beloved, you want the enemy to get out of your mind? You want Satan to be loose from your mind? He said, think on those things that are true. Get your mind off those things that are false. Think on those things that are honest. Think on those things that are just and pure and lovely and a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, he said, think on these things. 
said, let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. In an end here, Psalms 13. Which comes to the question which I have for you this morning. Go ahead. 